This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. After a string of recent economic development successes in West Virginia, some news broke yesterday about 900 plus people getting laid off. We will immediately engage uh, to uh, try to find new jobs, new opportunities for those uh, employees. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Children attending state-run virtual school may no longer have to be vaccinated if a bill before the the House Health Committee becomes law. Emily Rice has more. The original version of House Bill 5105 would have exempted all students in virtual school from being vaccinated. The bill was amended to say that a child that participates in extracurricular activities at a public school must be immunized. Delegates debated why children are allowed to participate in church or vacations without vaccination. Delegate Rick Griffith, a Democrat from Wayne County, cited general welfare. Little League is not controlled by the state of West Virginia or the federal government. It's parents' choice. But when you put somebody in the public school system and you threaten their lives, their welfare, their health, it's the general welfare. And that's why we have these things. The bill passed as amended and was referred to the Committee on the Judiciary. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. Senator Shelley Moore Capito renewed calls for border security during the speech in Martinsburg Thursday. Jack Walker has more. Capito delivered a speech during a meeting of the Rotary Club of Martinsburg Thursday afternoon. She clarified her recent vote against the bill that would have added border security jobs and raised asylum claim standards, while also extending aid to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. She said lawmakers developed the bill in good faith but that it would not have been effective enough to address security needs. Later, the Senate passed a foreign aid bill that omitted mention of the southern border and now faces a vote in the House. Capito voted in favor of the bill, but she said including alternative border security measures would have strengthened it. I kept saying we need amendments, we need to have border security, we need to have border security. In the end, that got stripped out and the only option was to vote for foreign uh, assistance For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jack Walker in Martinsburg. Whether or not to teach middle schoolers about fentanyl and overdose reversing medicine sparked discussion in the House Education Committee. Chris Schultz has more. Titled Lakin's Law, House Bill 5540 would mandate fentanyl prevention and awareness education, as well as use of naloxone in grades 6 through 12. Many delegates in the House Education Committee Wednesday expressed concern about whether it was appropriate to teach 6th graders how to administer opioid-reversing medication. State Superintendent Michelle Blatt told the committee that drug prevention has been a focus of health education in schools for years and reflects the lived reality of many students in the state even in middle school. A lot of the surveys that we do with the, um, the safe and drug-free school surveys, students start talking about as early as sixth and seventh grade being exposed to it or having the opportunity to use it. The bill was amended to include heroin and other opioids in the new mandated education and now goes to the House for its consideration. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. 
the Senate unanimously passed Senate Bill 571, creating an Advanced Energy and Economic Corridor Authority for Corridor H. Curtis Tate spoke with Economic Development Secretary Mitch Carmichael about the importance of Corridor H to the state. Before that discussion, though, they talked about some breaking news about a steel plant in the northern panhandle. Secretary Carmichael, I wanted to talk about Corridor H, um, but I also th think we should use this opportunity to, to talk about the, the kind of breaking news that we had this morning about Cleveland Cliffs and uh, the announcement that it's going to idle the plant in Weirton. That affects 950 workers, obviously has some uh, implications for the state and local economy. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, uh, as the reporting is uh, very clear, I think, that um, uh, the 10 mill plant that Cleveland Cliffs had operated there for many, many, many years uh, was involved in a trade dispute and uh, uh, the International Trade Commission ruled that their uh, objections to the policy were not uh, uh, sufficient to carry uh, the necessary tariffs. Uh, and so as a result of that decision, uh, Cleveland Cliffs made the business decision to uh, to uh, lay off those workers. And uh, let me just say, uh, Curtis, our heart goes out for those workers, and we will immediately engage uh, to uh, try to find new jobs, new opportunities for those uh, employees, as well as to create uh, great, uh, you know, new adventures and new jobs and opportunities in that area. I've been in West Virginia for about three years now, and it just seemed like for, for the longest time there, it was good news after good news after good news. You had uh, Nucor and uh, Form Energy, Berkshire Hathaway, Green Power, among many others. And this, this kind of, uh, it, it, it seems like it goes the other way a little bit. What sort of, you know, break glass in case of emergency tool do you have yeah. to, to help uh, address this? Well, we have a rapid response team that will immediately deploy to the site. We're already working with, they're represented by the United Steel Workers Union. Uh, we're working with them. We're also engaged with the business uh, opportunities that are considering that area for future development and uh, see if we can accelerate those decisions. So uh, the governor's very adamant. I'm uh, sort of the point person for making sure that those opportunities exist for our citizens and whenever uh, the business cycle uh, comes through and uh, you know disrupts a, uh, a current employer, uh, there's probably, uh, our heart just breaks for those situations. But we also know we have tools and opportunities and funds that we can immediately go in and address the situation and try with everything in us to make sure that there's uh, those employees have uh, all the benefits that come with uh, layoffs as a result uh, from a, a work shuttage, shuttering, or uh, new opportunities. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we're going to try to make lemonade uh, out of these lemons. Well, I, I see two problems right away. Uh, one is that, that it, 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 the employees are being offered either transfers or, or severance. Well, if they transfer, they may have to leave the state, and that, of yeah. course, worsens the, the problem of population loss. And, and others, if they can't find uh, new jobs, that worsens the problem of workforce participation. Yeah. So uh, what, what's, what's kind yeah. of like the best hope here? Yeah, well, it's never good, obviously, when a, when a business shuts down. And probably uh, I have as much experience in... Uh, 
the uh, the negative impacts of a job uh, of a plant shuttering as anyone. I'm from Jackson County, and when the uh, aluminum plant uh, shuttered, Century Aluminum, Century Aluminum shuttered, you know, so many people, my friends, neighbors, were affected. So I know the personal level. Now, at the business level, uh, our job is to create opportunities. And, uh, you know, we have a new uh, uh, modern plant emerging from the former Weirton Steel site uh, with Form Energy. It's a fantastic facility, and uh, they're conducting job interviews all the time. That's a 750-employee uh, facility, will be. And we're talking with many other customers who have a unique interest in that Weirton uh, Northern Panhandle area. So uh, we're going to redouble our efforts and uh, approach that like our hair's on fire. We know that we need uh, to get these uh, jobs created quickly. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to. Uh, we shouldn't let it uh, go without saying that Cleveland Cliffs has been a great employer for the area for many years there. Uh, it's unfortunate that they've made this decision, uh, but it's a business cycle. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to work with the International Trade Commission to see if the decision can be reversed. Short of that, we're going to find new jobs and new opportunities for uh, that area. Well, it certainly is possible that that site could be uh, repurposed for oh. something. You mentioned Century Aluminum. That's where Berkshire Hathaway Energy is Absolutely, going. Absolutely, Curtis. And uh, as you mentioned at the start of your segment, we've had a ton of success here in West Virginia with recruiting uh, world-class companies. And so uh, we think we know how to do this. Uh, I think it's been validated that we know how to do it, and we're going to immediately engage. We've already, we're already talking to uh, uh, potential employers for that area that see uh, a, a great, great workforce that's being go going to be displaced that can immediately transition to new opportunities. That was Economic Development Secretary Mitch Carmichael speaking with Curtis Tate about the layoffs in Weirton announced Thursday. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website and tune into the legislature today, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 754. Increasing cloudiness today with highs in the 30s and 40s. Heavy snow tonight. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm warning for areas in the eastern mountains and Potomac Highlands beginning at 7 o'clock tonight through 7 o'clock Saturday morning. Also, winter weather advisories and watches will be in effect beginning at 7 o'clock tonight and ending tomorrow morning. Heavy snow tonight up to 8 inches possible in higher elevations, one to three inches possible in the lowlands, low temperatures in the 20s. Support for WVPB is provided by HD Media, presenting digital and print subscriptions for the Charleston Gazette Mail and Herald Dispatch. Information at hdmediallc.com. This week's Encore episode of Mountain Stage is a compilation of our festival favorites. This special episode features performances by Fish, Joan Baez, Widespread Panic, Green Ski Bluegrass, and many more.
Our song of the week comes to us from Fish. We listen to the band's performance of All Things Reconsidered. It's guitarist Trey Anastasio's variation on NPR's All Things Considered theme. And this performance marks the only time it was ever performed live by the band on National Public Radio. performing All Things Reconsidered on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in this Saturday at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. 
West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. Our Appalachia Health News Project is made possible with support from CAMC and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.